Welcome to Hope Church Online with Hope Church Birmingham. I'm Adam, the lead pastor, and I'm so honored that you would tune in with us for this week's audio message. Every single Sunday, we gather as a church in a community believing that we get to find hope in the name of Jesus and to be equipped to bring that hope to a world in need. We would love for you to join us in person every single Sunday at 10 a.m., at 2798 John Hawkins Parkway in Hoover, Alabama. And if you can't join us, as you always know, we will be having this audio message every Sunday released at 10 a.m. Well, friends, I'm excited as we get to continue our series in Jonah as we are in Jonah Part 3, starting in Chapter 2 today. So I'm pumped. I'm excited. If this is your first time tuning in, feel free to connect to us at hopechurchbhm.com slash connect, or make sure you're following us at all social media accounts. Well, friends, let's dive into today's audio message. Well, friends, thank you for tuning in with this week's audio message. As I said earlier, if you haven't followed us on social media, follow us at Hope Church BHM. Maybe you're tuning in, you say, I would love to support what's going on at Hope Church. You're welcome and encouraged to give at hopechurchbhm.com slash give. And as always, friends, we would love to see you in person real soon. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you next week. I remember this time when I was in college with my friends and we decided we were going to go out to eat and then we were going to go on an adventure. So we go out to eat and we had decided let's go do something we've never done before. We had heard there were sand dunes not too far from our college in Central Florida where people would go and jump off the dunes and do fun stuff like flips or slide down or cardboard boxes or whatever random trash you could find and just do what college guys do, which is kind of be dumb. And we were excited about it. We were so pumped. Um, and so, but the thing was, none of us had been there before. We had heard where it was, but none of us had been there. Well, the other problem was my friend who was driving us on this adventure had an old beat up 25 year old Volvo station wagon. That's why we could all ride it together. But not only that, it had a tendency to drift because it was misaligned. Um, if he wasn't working hard, if he wasn't paying attention, it would tend to drift to the right drastically. Well, needless to say, we get our bellies full, we're eating, and we are ready to go on the adventure of sand dune jumping. So we're pumped, we're listening to music in the car, everybody's trying to be the DJ with their CDs, and we're headed to our adventure at the dunes when my friend, the driver of the Volvo car, got distracted over what CD was going to go in his little CD hookup next and didn't realize he wasn't paying attention that his car was drifting right. And next thing you know, because of this misalignment, we end up on the side of the road, off the shoulder, in kind of a somewhat of a ditch. Dirt's all over us because we're trying to get this car out of the ditch into the, so we can get to the dunes in murky central Florida dirt. It is a mess. Something I learned that evening, and I have learned and known ever since, misalignment leads to messes and missed opportunities. You see that night, my friend's car was misaligned. And as a result, we all got messy. Not only did we all get messy, it took so long for us to get a car out of the ditch that we were so worn out and tired. We were like, let's just go home that we didn't even get to go on our adventure of the sand dune. 
Misalignment leads to messes and missed opportunities. Over the last couple weeks, we have looked at how the prophet Jonah was called to go to Nineveh. And God called him and sent him forth on a mission to go bring and rebuke Nineveh. But as we learned the last couple weeks, he chose to run the opposite direction. And as a result, he ended up in a mess and a missed opportunity. Why? Because he was misaligned with his divine design. His getaway boat was in a storm. But everybody in that circle or on that boat, they were in a mess. He was missing his divine design at the moment. But God intervened. You see, we have also discussed that Jonah isn't just about Jonah, right? We've talked about how Jonah is about the prophet, but it also illuminates some of very important characteristics of God for us as readers to learn, to grasp, and to absorb. We have seen over the last two weeks how God is sovereign, which what does that mean? It means that he is in control and he has a plan. And today in chapter two, we're going to go through the whole thing here. We see a new characteristic shown in this book, and it's a characteristic of how God is a deliverer. I think as Christians, we can all get behind that description. (laughs) We like a delivering God. We may not always like a sovereign God idea, but we like the idea that God's a deliverer. God, I need you. Fix it, Jesus. While you're fixing this, Jesus, fix that, fix them, and fix the other. (laughs) The biggest friends, when we come to him with a fix-it mentality, but not a fix-me mentality, we misalign ourselves from God's purpose. If we do not address us, we will continue to find ourselves in a mess because we're misaligned. Whether it's our priorities, whether it's quote unquote, my dreams, my goals, we have to ask ourselves, friends, am I aligned with God's intended purpose for me in this season, in this moment? Am I misaligned because of my circumstance? Am I misaligned because I've been running away from God? Am I misaligned because something happened to me? Am I misaligned because of hurt? I think we all like the idea of deliverance, but we're not sure about the idea of repentance. Friends, hear me. Repentance precedes deliverance. When's the last time you cried out to God, not for a need, but because of your sin? When's the last time you quit complaining to God about somebody else and came to him and asked him for forgiveness and then went and did something about what you had asked for forgiveness for? Friends, that is repentance. Repentance isn't just simply saying sorry. I think sometimes we think as Christians, if I just say, sorry, God, I apologize. That's not, that's not repentance. Repentance results in a complete change of heart, a complete change in direction. You see, friends, if we want to make sure that we're not misaligned, it's going to start with us repenting because repentance realigns me with the initial purpose of what God intended for my life. You see, what was Jonah doing here in chapter two? We saw he had ran from God. He had gotten away from his intended purpose. He was going the opposite direction, but thank God, God intervened in his life and because Because God intervened, Jonah had an opportunity to continue in misalignment or to go to a delivering God by repenting. And that's what we get to see in chapter two. Jonah finally gets it. He repents. We've seen what Jonah did wrong. And in this chapter, we actually get to see what he does right. 
So what we're going to do is we're going to walk through Jonah 2 and kind of give some some context and some things I hope you can learn from and apply not only from Jonah and what we learn from Jonah, but also what we see from God in this chapter. But to start that, I do think it's fun to end, uh, to recap the last verse in chapter 1. In verse 17, And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Let's address some facts here. I know when you hear this, you're going, what kind of fish could swallow a human? Some people say it was a whale. Some people say it was a quote unquote sea dog, which was popular during that time. But either way, we know it was a fish prepared by God. You may be going, how is this possible? How is this possible? One, we got to understand anything with God is possible. He can make anything happen. He can go beyond science. He can ordain and prepare things, or as we just read, appoint a great fish. He could have very much appointed a larger than life fish for this moment. He could have. We also know in history in the 1800s, there was a sailor and a harpooner who got swallowed up by a sperm whale and was in the belly of the whale for three days before they cut it, got the whale and cut him out. And uh, he was unconscious, but he still lived. So it is possible that this could happen. But even not only does that validify it or, you know, validate this, Jesus refers to Jonah being in the whale, in the fish in Matthew 12, 40 validating this story. This is not just some fictional fantasy story. This is real. Remember, we talked, this is a historical text in the Old Testament. And we know that he was in the belly for three days and three nights. I also find that interesting. Jonah was not in the belly of the fish and immediately going, I'm sorry, God, I'm sorry, God, I'm sorry, God, forgive me. I repent. Scripture says he was in the belly for three days and three nights before he prays this prayer. So let's look at this in verse one. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. You heard my voice, he said. Jonah knew he would be delivered. Friends, when we cry out to the Lord, we can have confidence that he hears us, he knows us, and he will deliver us. It doesn't matter how far you have gone away. It doesn't matter how far you have ran. He sees you and he's waiting to deliver you. Despite Jonah's circumstance, he doesn't let that keep him from agreeing with God. Some of you may think because of your circumstance, you're too far gone. You're too late to get in alignment. It's never too late. Jonah was three days in the belly of a fish in the deep, and he finally gets in alignment with God's plans. Any time is a good time to get right with God. It doesn't matter where you're at, friend. Today can be a good time to get right with him. Verse three, for you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight. Yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. At the roots of the mountains, I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. 
When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Those who pray regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with a voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Here we see Jonah is portraying a passionate prayer. This is not just a prayer for deliverance. I believe this is a prayer of deliverance. He's saying, God, I'm not just asking for deliverance. I know that I am delivered. That is a confidence that comes from someone who knows God. Some of us need to be reminded that God is sovereign and God is a deliverer. If his word says he will deliver, he will deliver. We've got to rest assured of that. We've got to trust that. And we've got to speak in confidence of that. And Jonah is praying with passion. You see him, he's like, I'm driven away. The water's closed over me. Weeds wrapped around me. I went down to the depths when my life was fainting away. I remember the Lord. And he's speaking with passion. It's said that a prayer is not a prayer until passion is added to it. It's clear in this scripture that he has repented. But it's also clear that it's not just a one-time event. It's a process. You think about this. In chapter 1, Jonah it was in the storm and he allows himself to be thrown into the ocean. And then he gets swallowed by the fish, but he doesn't give up in the fish. That's an act of repentance. But he comes to repentance. He verbalizes repentance. And then in verse 8 and 9, we see he vows that he will be committed to the Lord. So he does this. Friends, when we want to take steps in repentance, when we've been in seasons that are difficult, when we have found ourselves in a situation where we have done wrong, it is important that we come to the Lord with a passionate heart, a heart of forgiveness, a heart of repentance, and as a result, we will be delivered. Because in verse 10, here we see it, and the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. Here it is, God the Deliverer. God is in control. He vomits Jonah. That's important. Somebody go, vomit? That's that's not a fun idea. Vomiting Jonah. Hear me. Sometimes we don't have much of a choice of how we will be delivered. Sometimes we don't have a choice. We just got to trust God. I think of certain situations, um, even in the New Testament, when you see, um, I don't imagine Peter wanted to be thrown in prison every day. But he counted it a blessing because he was doing it for the name of Jesus. I don't matter. Paul wanted to be beaten, but he counted a blessing for the name of Jesus. I don't imagine Daniel wanted to be thrown in a pit where the lions did, but he counted a blessing because he was living for God. I don't imagine Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego wanted to be thrown in the, the furnace, but they did it because they knew God was with them and he would deliver. You see, friends, Jonah's deliverance shows that God is sovereign and he has a plan. So we get this. Okay, we see this. Chapter two is all about Jonah being repentant and then getting deliverance. But what can we learn from this? What what can we learn today from a repentant Jonah and a sovereign God who is a deliverer? Well, we've talked about God is sovereign. He's in control, but he is also providential. Now, this is a theological term that you may not be familiar with. God is sovereign, which means he has a plan, but his providence is how he enacts that sovereign plan. 
He creates all things and has an idea, a purpose for it. And then he guides these events according to his perfect purpose. That's known as providence. There's four categories to God's providence that I want you to hear. There's general providence, which means he is in control of all the details of the physical universe. There's special providence, which is how God looks after the details of like a person's life. The Bible tells us he knows all the hairs on our heads. Then there's third, unconditional providence, which means it's given to everything in the universe. Regardless of behavior, God has a plan and can act to enact his purpose of bringing glory to him and redemption. And then there's conditional providence, which is only given to a believer who in the right circumstances and in the right season, a.k.a. Jonah in this moment, um, or a.k.a. Saul being intervened in his life where he becomes Paul. He had ordained that person to do something specific and he, no matter what the cost, he was going to intervene in their life. It's important for us to hear this. God is not just an authority. He doesn't just have the badge of decisions. He has ways to be purposeful in that authority. You may be going, well, if he's sovereign and he has providence, why did this happen to me? Why did I encounter suffering, God? Why did you allow this to happen to me? Well, you want to know why? It's because of sin. You go, well, I didn't sin today. No, but our humanity chose sin thousands and thousands of years ago when we, they chose Adam and Eve chose sin over God. And not only did we choose sin, we continue to sin today. You may go, well, I'm not Eve. I didn't eat from that fruit. But I know you sinned in the last 10 years, <laughs> which sin causes misalignment and causes us to be in a mess. Because of sin, we have sickness. We have hurt. But despite of our sin, God has a plan of redemption and his name is Jesus. This is important. God is not a puppet master God. Some of us think, well, if all this is okay, is God like got a marionette puppet and he's got strings attached to it and he's wiggling around trying to move my arm this way, move my arm that way and get me going where I need to go? Is that the kind of God he is? No, 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 no. God isn't a puppet master God. God gives us actual free will to choose. But I could tell you, He can also intervene in our life and take us wherever he wants to take us when he's ready to intervene. But I want you to hear me. I would much rather go where God wants me to go willingly than kicking and screaming because I know God will deliver me because of my circumstances, but I don't want him to have to deliver me because I put myself in said circumstances. I want to be willing and repentant and acceptant of a providential God who is sovereign and who has a plan. We also got to know that this story of Jonah really runs parallel with the death and resurrection of Jesus. Now, Jesus never sinned. He never took away from God, but he did take on the sins of humanity. And after three days in the tomb, we know that he rose from the grave. This is the plan. Because of the world's misalignment with sin, The world was missing out on divine purpose. But God said, I am sovereign. I have a providential way of bringing order to what I created. And his name is Jesus. That is God's way, friends. That is how God shows his providential hand in so much ways of our life. How does God bring deliverance? 
Jesus, life is difficult. Jesus, God is merciful. Be Jesus, heaven is real. Jesus, you're waiting. Jesus is waiting. Are you in a mess? There's Jesus. Are you hurting? There's Jesus. Simple faith for my deliverance is not a faith in God. Faith means whether I'm visibly delivered or not, I'm going to believe that God is love and through his son Jesus, I will find deliverance, whether it is spiritual deliverance, physical deliverance, or situational deliverance. I believe that God can do it. And also know this, friends, maybe you feel like you're in a pit of despair. Now's the time to learn that you make it only learn in the belly of a fish that God is with you even in these circumstances. But make sure that you're doing your part to be in alignment with him. Because when we are in alignment with the Father, we are living up to our potential. We are living up to our purpose. We are living up to what we've been called to do. Don't be satisfied missing out on what God has for you in this season. Jonah was okay running away from God. God was not okay with Jonah running away. So he specifically intervened with his providential hand as a sovereign God to change his course. And as his course was changed, Jonah became repentant. He didn't just say, sorry, God, I made a mistake. He apologized. He cried out. He prayed and he asked for forgiveness and he brought himself to commitment and his direction was changed from mess and miss opportunity to restored and found opportunity. And that's what we can find even in this moment right now. You might be feeling like you're in a mess But God is looking and saying, I've got a path. Turn to me. Just as Proverbs talks about, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding and all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Friends, I want to give you three steps to find alignment with God. The first one is humility. Realize you can't do it alone. Part of the issue that Jonah had was he found himself, I think, believing a little much into himself. He thought too much of himself that he could decide what he wanted to do. And as a result, he ended up in a storm and a mess. Realize you can't do life alone. Realize you are not God. Realize you are not Jesus. Now, Jesus can be with you. God is for you. But you've got to make sure that you are not the God of your own life. But only the sovereign God is the God. Show humility. Second step, honesty. Be honest with God. God is omniscient, omnipotent, and he is everywhere and he's all-knowing. But we have to understand that we have to be honest. God gives us free will to choose him. In that free will, we also have the ability to choose something else. Be honest. Repent. Come to the Father. Ask for forgiveness. If there's anything that's in your life that doesn't belong, pray the prayer that David prayed and says, Lord, if there's any grievous way in my heart, show me so that I can be in alignment with you. And the third step to alignment is holiness. Commit to a life of pursuing the holiness of God. And I believe, friends, when we do these things, we are stepping out of the dark and into the light. We have all sinned. And we've all fallen short of the glory of God, Romans talks about. 
But we have an opportunity to get out of mess and missed opportunities and to find Jesus. And that's why we exist, friends. That's why we exist as a church, to give you opportunities to find Jesus. And right now, I would hate for you to turn off this podcast not having Jesus in your life, not dedicating your heart to him. So friends, whatever you do, let me encourage you, take those three steps of alignment. Be humble, be honest, and pursue holiness. And beware of the dangers of a life of sin. Beware of the dangers of a life of choosing the world. And instead, choose God. Because you will find healing, you will find holiness, and you will find hope every step of the way. Because he's a deliverer. And he will deliver you from whatever you found. Not only will he deliver you from your circumstances that you've put yourself in, but I believe he can also deliver you from danger and things that you didn't even expect. I heard a story recently of a missionary who was a missionary to a tribal area. And they encountered some hostility in the tribal nations and people did not like the Christian missionaries in their village. And so that night, the missionaries and their family prayed and they went to bed that night when they were awoken by a great sound of tribal warriors. The tribal warriors were all carrying torches, carrying weapons of all sorts, ready to burn down the missionaries' home and to murder everyone inside. They were getting loud and they were getting ruckus and all the family could do was to pray. And they begin to pray. And they begin to trust God. And they begin to ask Him for His hand and His divine hand and His divine protection. And they say, God, no matter what, we trust you and we love you. And we pray that you will bring hope to these people. And they continue to pray. The crowd continued to stand for moments that felt like eternity. When finally, the crowd began to quiet. The fires begin to be put out and the tribal warriors left. Years later, the missionary had the pleasure of bringing the hope of Jesus to that tribe. And the tribal chief gave his life to the Lord. And he asked him about it. He said, a year or two ago, you guys were ready to kill me and my family. What happened? He said, we were about to burn your home down. Then we realized you had a whole army of people surrounding your house. We couldn't get near it. Well, the missionary knew there was no physical people around. They were the only Americans for hundreds of miles. Not only that, they were the only Christians for miles. So who could it have been? The missionary knew it was the Lord who had brought heavenly armies to protect him in in his family in that moment. You see, God is not just a deliverer from our issues that we've put ourselves in, but he also delivers us in every circumstance if we trust him. And so friends, let me encourage you. Maybe you're in a difficult season and you don't understand what's happening. Turn to God. Ask him to show his providential delivering hand. Can I pray with you? God, I thank you for your word today. 
Lord, I pray that whoever is listening in this moment, that they will turn to your son, Jesus, and they will receive him wholeheartedly. It doesn't matter how far they've ran. It doesn't matter what they've done. It doesn't matter if they feel like they're in the belly of the fish in the deep. You are with them, you are for them, and you care about them. But Lord, as the deliverer, it begins with repentance. And so, Lord, I pray that if there's any sin in our life, if there's anything we've done to place ourselves in these circumstances, that we will repent of our ways and that we will find healing and redemption in you and your son, Jesus. Because we know that was the plan from the very beginning, to bring healing and redemption and restoration from creation to the Father. And God, I pray right now, those that may be going through a difficult season that they didn't put themselves in, but they feel like they're in a pit of despair. Lord, I pray that you will bring your heavenly armies around them. Lord, that you will set them free. Lord, that you will deliver them from their circumstance. Just like you delivered Daniel, just like you delivered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, just like you delivered Daniel and David on the battlefield, just like you delivered Paul from the prisons. Lord, I pray that you deliver my friends right now. And Lord, that they will have a peace and a courage that you are with them in this season. Lord, I thank you for what you're going to do. And then we pray. Amen.